Life Audio. This life gets hard, but move forward to brighter days. This chapter is long, but remember to turn the page. Welcome back to Unfiltered Parenting Podcast with Abby Johnson and Reagan Long, where we deliver the real deal of parenting to y'all completely unfiltered. Welcome back. We finally got on here, guys. If you could have seen our little behind the scenes, we spent about 23 minutes doing technology issues. (laughs) Abby's going through different cords to get her microphone set up. Then when we got Abby's mic set, my video cam could not focus. <laughs> we are so techy. So techy. Do you know what we need, Abby? We need like a behind the scenes like cameraman for both of us just to show. Gosh. Like, this is what really happens. <laughs> oh, yeah, we need like we need a lot. We need a lot of help. We have to have people do all the things for us because we're like, we don't know how to edit our podcast. We don't know how to do this. We don't. We barely even know how to set up our microphone and camera. So, no, this morning, guys, this is where we're at as far as like being grandma dinosaurs with technology. I had to like beg my 13 year old son before he went to school to like get my volume on here. Yeah. Because I swear to God, I'm like, Kaden, please, please, before you go, please take 30 seconds and do it. What? Abby and I record today. I need you to do the volume. I mean, KJ, my toddler, knows how to work the different remote controls for the different TVs better than I do. Like, it's like, and I don't know. I'm kind of proud of that. I just, I hate, I mean, technology can be a blessing, but you know what? When all the power grids go down, Abby, which they're going to at some point, you know, I'm going to feel, I'm going to feel okay about it. You know, it's like, we're going to be fine. It's going to be like Little House on the Prairie days. In my backyard. <laughs> fine. We're going to be totally fine. We're, right. we're going to be fine. So let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors and then we'll dive into it, guys. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with the King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. All right, we are back. You know what, Abby? Speaking of sponsors, I am super excited about one of our partnerships. 
And in total transparency, you know what? I could lie and say I already have these products and I'm super, you know, they're the best. However, I don't have them. I'm, I'm one of the few people that don't. You have them. You love them. Mine are on their way to me. But my pillow. Yes. Okay. I became friends with Mike Lindell years ago when he invested a million dollars into my film Unplanned. And so he and I became friends then. And I was like, uh, well, okay, I guess I should buy some like my pillow stuff since he just, you know, invested all this money in my film. Right. So I did really just like feeling like I like a sense of obligation, right? Like doing it. But then I got all this stuff and I was like, oh, these are actually excellent products. And so right. I just, I mean, they're really great. And if you talk to people, okay, here's what I didn't realize. So a lot of people are like, oh, I know, I don't know about the pillows. I don't know. I tried the pillows. I don't like them. Okay. So here's the deal. The pillows come in these different lofts. So, and it's based on your t-shirt size. So it's kind of based on, you know, like your weight, like your size. So if, so like for me, like I wear like a small t-shirt. So I need this, like the small loft pillow. So if I, you know, if I just go to the store and I'm like, oh, let me just grab a my pillow and put it in my cart. If I buy the wrong loft, then I'm going to hate it, right? I'm going to be like, oh, this is too firm and right. it's uncomfortable for me, right? So there is a, you have to get it based on, you know, your size and they just use your t-shirt size and it, and it depends on if you're a male or a female. So there's all these things you have to look at. See, guys, gender does matter and there's only two. That's right. So... But when I first ordered, I ordered the sheets. Oh, my gosh, y'all. These sheets are the best sheets and they're deep pockets. I have a pair of sheets. I wish I could show them to you right now. I have a pair of sheets on my bed right now. I loathe them. I need to change them because I hate them because they're always like popping up on the side. It's always my side. It's never Doug's side. It's always my side that's popping up. Right. So every night I have to like pull them back down on my side. I hate that. Okay. The well, my the my I. pillow sheets, my sheets, whatever, they don't do that. And they're the softest sheets. They're so Yay. beautiful and just elegant and oh my gosh, they're amazing. I have the dog bed. I have two dog beds for my one dog because my dog <sighs> just loves decadence and you know so she has a bed in our room and she has a bed in her kennel thing where she sleeps at night and so she loves it i can tell because she lays on it so she obviously likes it right and then let's see we have oh we have towels we have the my pillow towels they're the best towels they don't get stinky and they actually dry you off so, and we're not, I don't know if people think this is gross or not, but like, I got too many people in this house to be like, we're going to dry off and then throw them in the, in the dirty clothes, like after one use, like, no, like, we hang them back up. It's impossible. And we use them, like over and right. over and over again. <laughs> right. right. 
I mean, probably not more than. <laughs> okay, probably not more than it. three times. Okay, but definitely three times. Right, right. And they don't get stinky. Right. I mean, you're clean when you get out of the shower. So I feel like you don't need to right. throw them right. in the dirty exactly. laundry every time. Anyway, I agree. Okay, so any hoot, we use the towels. They're incredible. You know, sometimes you do get towels and like you dry off and you still feel kind of wet. Okay, not those towels. They're fantastic. Right. Okay, but one of my favorite products, probably my favorite product from my pillow is the slippers. I wear them all the time, everywhere. I wear them out. I wear them when I go to the grocery store. I wear them they're because they're cute. And I have the little moccasin style ones. Right. I wore my first pair like plum out. Okay. Like they were falling apart. The bottoms were falling off. My family was like, please don't wear those in public anymore. And so I had to get another pair. So I'm now like on my third pair of my slippers. I love them so much. They're so comfy and cozy. I wear them in the summer. Yeah. I wear them all the time. They're not just cold weather slippers. Right. So you need to go to my pillow. They have loungewear that's comfy. Everything Mike makes is high quality. And yeah. just FYI, if you use our promo code Abby, you get a super awesome discount. And I mean, how great is that? You get excellent products and you get a Awesome discount. A good discount. Yes. A-B-B-Y. So literally, I am so excited. And they were so excited to partner with us, too. Cannot I wait mean, to get mine. Of course, because they're super yes. supporters of us. And yeah, we're super supporters of them. And here's the thing. Mike has been canceled over and over and over again for speaking truth. And so we as conservatives, we need to be supporting these businesses that are speaking truth, you know, on all these different issues that are trying to, you know, help our country. And so when they get canceled, we as conservatives need to rally around them and their businesses. Mike is a good man. And I've known him personally for years and years. He's a good man. He's a good Christian man. And gosh, he's been canceled everywhere. And so we need to be voting with our dollars and supporting these types of companies. So, and you'll be surprised at how many things they actually sell at mypillow.com. Not just pillows. Oh, yeah. So, I was so shocked. many things. So, go to mypillow.com and use promo code Abby. And not only will you be supporting us and our podcast and our platform, but you'll be supporting Mike as well. And he is supporting you and your family by giving you this awesome discount. Amen. Everybody wins. That's right. Win, win, win. So I'm going to read y'all something that Abby called me the other night and she's like, Greg, she's like, you got to listen to this. So she's reading me some new reviews we got for the podcast, which are, you know, so great, you know, five stars, you will love it with two hearts, five stars, a must listen for conservative Christian parents. Wait, tell them who they are, though, because if they give us a five star, we want to send them something. And so they can okay. so tell that, read the ones the new ones, because we want to, they can email us and then we want to send them some goodies. Okay. So this is Abby K. No, that's me. I gave us a good review. You gave us, you gave. 
week. Don't read that one. <laughs> I love I'll it. Okay. Good, I'll give myself a Del- <laughs> Abby gets check. Abby gets a goodie. Delaney. Delaney, a must listen for conservative Christian parents, gave us five stars. Yeah. So Delaney, if you email us, what's our email, right? Hello at the real deal of parenting.com. Okay. So email us Delaney Volcano and we will send you some fun goodies. Bella can't recommend the show enough. Yay. Jillian, if you want to listen to discussion that is as filled with conviction as it is grace, here it is. Abby and Reagan have the ability to laugh, be real, and dig into the issues of parenting in each discussion. These women remind us that you can be a bold crusader of faith and still think it's funny when your kid does something that makes you shake your head in disapproval. Grab a cup of coffee and sit in on mom discussions that are less focused on accusing each other of getting it wrong all the time and more focused on real parenting in real time. Jillian, I love that. And I want to share something, too. We have some other good ones. And this one in particular is from Sarah Ann. And Sarah Ann, okay, guys, I want to share her words. One star. And she gave us a one star. Okay, so prepare yourselves. What you'd expect hearing two conservative women talk in an echo chamber. I listen to try to understand other viewpoints. While Abby sounds much nicer than she does on Twitter, there still is a lot of gibberish. No one who will vote for Biden can name one thing he has done for them. Utter nonsense. The list is long. While he has never been an eloquent speaker, and it has gotten worse with age. If you think he has significant dementia, you are lucky not to know anyone with this dreadful disease. And if you will support the former guy, you have no credibility in critiquing a Biden voter. Biden indisputably is a genius and a saint compared to the former guy. Someday you might understand pro- Life should be about protecting the fetus whose asthmatic, impoverished mother lives in a community with poor air quality and unsafe water and cannot afford good prenatal care. If you are truly pro-life, you'd be a Democrat. Democrats are far better on life issues. There's a lot to unpack here. Sarah Ann, there is a lot to unpack. And You know, when Abby and I read this, so we were just so taken and it many of the things at first were chuckling like, okay, Biden doesn't have dementia. Biden is a genius. Biden is a saint. Indisputably. Indisputably. And there's a long list. Oh, she doesn't name one thing that Biden has done, though. Mind you, Sarah didn't name one thing Biden has done because we said Biden voters can never name, you know, like they go up to people in different states on the street. Who are you voting for? Can you name one thing Biden has done? I still haven't heard one thing. I challenge someone to give me one thing. We still don't have one thing. Sarah Ann, sweet Sarah Ann, you didn't give us one thing, but apparently the list is long that this genius saintly man has done. And apparently you don't know truly who Abby Johnson is, her background, how she used to vote, what she used to do, who she used to hang with in the big Democratic circles. And what her current ministries are for even non-fetuses and families and what she does for all of them. So, so much to unpack. Abby, where do you want to start? 
Okay, so the first thing I want to say is Reagan and I are so not in the know that she put in her thing. And if you support TFG, we actually had to look that up because we didn't know what that meant. We were like, what's TFG? Like, we're trying to think, like, what is that? So Reg had to... I'm Googling. Yeah. I'm like, is it a curse word? Like, they're so, like, opposed to Trump. They can't even write the word Trump. So they have to put TFG, okay? Because they cannot write his name. They're just, like, so averse to his name. Okay. It's repulsive. So I thought that was funny. But I just thought it was crazy that while he's never been an eloquent speaker, and it has gotten worse with age, so they're admitting that, if you think he has significant dementia, you're lucky not to know anyone with this dreadful disease. So is she saying he has dementia or not? Because he's telling you something. I think she's saying he doesn't because she must know someone personally in her life who has that. However, I take it quite personally and I I have known people with it and it is terrible and painful physically and, mo- and emotionally, but is the leader of the free world who's in charge of my safety and my children's, I do kind of take it personally that he's in charge and he, his mind is not right. And his chief of staff, his medical team is even saying he is not even fit to be tried, nor has he been for years. Look, here's my thing. This is what's offensive to me. My grandfather has passed, but he did have significant dementia. And I do know what it's like to watch somebody fade into that disease. And it is hard to watch. It is hard to see that person that you've loved and you've known your whole life not know who you are anymore, not recognize you. That is, it is terrible, right? And so to say like, oh, you don't know anybody that's gone through that, that is such a, that's such a strange thing that I find a lot of liberals will say to conservatives. They say that to us about this whole Biden thing. Well, you clearly don't know anybody that's had dementia. Otherwise, you wouldn't be saying that about, no, I am saying that about Biden because I have seen people with dementia and I know what it looks like. And that's why I can recognize it in Biden because I have seen it. I've seen it in my grandfather. And that's how I can recognize it in Biden because I have seen it and it looks very similar. And I know that as someone who loved my grandfather very deeply, I would have never allowed him to stand up on a national platform and embarrass himself in the way that Biden's family is allowing him to embarrass himself because we actually loved my grandfather and we would protect him at all costs. So the fact that his family is not protecting him from the public humiliation that he is experiencing every day is abusive and is disgusting and somebody should stop it. So I'm not even mad at Biden at this point. I'm furious at his family. I'm furious at his wife, right? Oh, I know. I feel bad. How dare she put him at a microphone each and every day? How dare she put him on this platform each and every day and not protect him as his wife? That is part of her job. And so that infuriates me. It's like when people say to us, well, you don't know. You don't have any idea. You don't know what it's like. 
you know, you've never had trans people in your family. You've never had gay people. No, excuse me. I do. I do. I have a cousin that identifies as a male and she's a female. That doesn't change the fact that I still believe it goes against God's design for sexuality. That doesn't change the fact that I'm still going to speak out for truth. And it may offend my cousin. It may offend my cousin's mother, who's my first cousin. It doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Just because it's in my, it may mean that I never speak to my cousin again. That doesn't matter. Because on the day of judgment, I'm not going to be standing in front of my cousin. I'm going to be standing in front of the one true Lord. I'm going to be standing in front of the one true God. And that's my creator. And he's going to be asking me to give an account of what I've done and what I've failed to do. And if I didn't speak out against these crimes against humanity, against this abomination that's happening in our culture, I'm going to be held accountable for it. And so, yes, this is happening in our family. Yes, it is happening to people that we love, people that we know. Yes, we are being separated from those that we love because of our beliefs, because of our strong stand. It does happen to us, but that doesn't mean that we're quiet. That doesn't mean that we're going to be silent, that we're going to be complacent just because we know people in our family that are gay, just because we know people in our family that are transgender, just because we know people that are going against natural law, that are going against God's law. That doesn't stop us, and it shouldn't stop you either. It should make us even louder, because the bottom line is I don't want my family to be separated from God. I don't want people to burn in hell. I want people to be in eternity with me and the rest of my family forever. Right. And that's why I speak out. Not because I want to judge people. Not because I want to shame people. Not because I don't love them. I speak out because I do love them. Right. Because I don't want them to burn. Because I want them to live in eternity forever and ever. I want them to live in peace. I want them to live with Jesus. That's why we speak out. We always say, offend me into heaven, but don't you dare love me into hell. And that is what too many pastors and preachers and priests and bishops and family members are doing today. They are actively loving people into hell, straight into hell. And the truth today offends, but Again, it is like, offend me into heaven. And I'll tell you what, Abby, everybody knows Abby and I are very much practicing Catholics who also speak out about mishaps in the church. You know, we certainly don't agree everything that what the Pope says. However, you know, Biden is a professed Catholic himself. And, you know, Abby, I say this too. Whenever I, I watch him speak now, I feel bad. I feel bad. I say a prayer. And I'll tell you what, Abby, there are flickers of, again, we know what he's doing in the abortion movement, and it's sad. And again, there is no true Catholic that can also be for the killing of babies. There can be no true Christian that can be for the killing of babies. Let's just say that. However, there are flickers of where I see in Biden, you know, like when even when he got confused and was trying to talk about the rosary bracelet that he had gotten. Was it from his son who died or he got it when his son died? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. At any rate, there's small glimpses 
that I see. And Biden is flawed, and I don't agree with much of what that man says or, or he does. However, he is a human being, and I do. I don't want him to go to hell. I don't. I pray that he gets out of that office. He spends time with his family. He gets his heart right with God. He can make amends with all of the bad decisions he's made where God would disapprove. And I truly, that is what I pray for. I pray for him to get right with God. That's what we should all be praying for. All of us should. I mean, just imagine if we spent more time on our knees in prayer for those that we disagreed with and less time on social media complaining about them. That would change the heart of our nation. Like, I mean, it truly would. And there's been so many stories, Abby, about even the power of one Hail Mary, even taking 15 seconds to pray. I've taught my children because sometimes they get overwhelmed, like, how long do our prayers have to be? And you know what I've told them? I'm like, when you're at school, whether you're at practice, you're doing this, or you're just tired, or your head hurts, I said, guys, do you know simply saying, Jesus, I trust in you, that's a short prayer. That's considered a prayer. Abby, I went to confession last week, and it was with a hardcore priest. And this was the first time in 40 years. Do you know what my penance was? He said, I want you to go respectfully say, Jesus, I trust in you 10 times in a row. And I want you to do it slowly and with meaning. And this is a priest who's like given me a couple decades of the rosary before, say, a chaplet. Like he's not like, Here, go say three Hail Marys. So I'm yeah. expecting, you know. And he said, go say that 10 times in a row. And I felt like, wow, there's just such power saying that. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. And so we forget that we can even say those small prayers and what meaning they have. I'm telling you, when I see Britney Spears going off the rails, like videos, which literally yeah, is, is almost crushing to me because I'm like this innocent woman has been through the ringer and her life is ruined, which we know this is what Hollywood does. But I'm telling you, when I see a post of her or a video and she's just, I typically say a Hail Mary for, like, Lord, just pour your graces and mercy upon this woman. You know, because again, I'm one of the most sinful people I know that needs Jesus more than anyone else. Like, goodness, if every time someone wrote me a bad message or wished me ill will, even if they would have taken five seconds to say, Lord, I don't like that woman, but just please bless her, Jesus. Please, you know, like imagine, imagine, Abby, all of the people that, and this is where I get very protective over Abby, not as a business person, but very protective of her being one of my best friends. And, you know, this is like very, people know Abby to be, she very thick skinned because she is very tough because she is. But Abby takes so much public ridicule and hate and barely will defend herself. She'll just leave it. And the majority of these people are so ignorant and never realize what she is doing every day for individuals and families behind the scenes. And it wrecks me because one of my biggest flaws is I am so defensive. I will be like a lawyer and go fight anyone who comes after me. <laughs> Really? Well, did you know on on March 15th, 2017, what I was doing? <laughs> Literally, it's terrible. And Abby has this grace about her that she can leave so much and just kind of wish people well. She, Abby never talks about what she does for people. And it is one of the most beautiful things to witness. And so sometimes I have to go be her bulldog a little bit because God's still working on me. But 
what she, not just through, and I'm not just talking about her ministry, you know, she has two nonprofits, but I am saying what this woman does for people on her own time, out of her own bank account. And again, and I don't want to leave Doug out because your hubby who just adores you is a huge part of that too. And I think that's where like, well, you know, where I feel like I need to do more work. It's like, it's truly Christ-like. And when you can take those persecutions and still keep, I mean, I've seen Abby do for people who have scammed us or who have said bad things to her and she still has sent them money and she still helped them. And I'm like, wow, like that is abnormal. Like that is Christ-like. And so, you know, it's fine to people to be people and to be keyboard warriors and to judge and to ridicule and to persecute because that's what Jesus even told us would happen. But if people even knew a quarter of what Abby Johnson does for others, I think their heads would be blown. Well, I think it's weird that people talk about like, they're like, oh, I don't want to be in, you know, we shouldn't be in an echo chamber and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, why not? I don't want to be around people where I'm constantly arguing all the time. Like, I kind of like living in an echo chamber. <laughs> like, I I mean, that's not like, that's not how I do ministry, right? Like, I'm, I mean, and then there were none. I mean, like, we're literally reaching into abortion clinics. So, I mean, we're literally reaching into people who absolutely do not agree with us. Like, you know, Loveline, we're, you know, women are, we're doing life with women who are considering abortion and, you know, single moms who are very different than us, right? And so we don't do ministry in an echo chamber, but I really want to have friends who are like-minded. Like, I don't want to have friends who are pro-abortion. That's not who I hang out with. Like, I want to have friends who are like-minded. I want to have friends who are Christian, who believe in the sanctity of human life, who believe in traditional marriage. Like, I kind of enjoy living in that echo chamber. Why wouldn't I want to coalesce with people who believe in biblical and gospel truths? I mean, I think that's what we're meant to do. So I, I hate this idea that, you know, oh, we should, you know, echo chambers are bad. Like, no, like, I think that's kind of what I want to be in. Right. And if you look at even trying to validate that, in the secular world, if you look at life coaches, if you look at top athletes, if you look at the most successful business people in the world, they will tell you that the five closest people you surround yourself with is who really going to have such an impact on you. So if you surround yourself with smokers and alcoholics and people who are lazy and who hate fitness and exercise and who complain all the time and who literally even taking it more generalized into that, that's how who you're going to become. And so absolutely, I think it is imperative that you put yourself in that correct echo chamber. That it also influences your kids, right? Sure. So I don't want to be, you know, right. in the car listening to a podcast that, you know, goes against I don't want to be listening to a podcast that features Joy Behar, right, with my kids in the car in order not to be in an echo chamber, right? 
because I don't want my kids hearing those sorts of beliefs. If I'm going to be listening to a podcast, I want it to be fruitful and faithful and something that has meaning to our lives, something that has meaning to my children's lives, something that is in line with our beliefs. So I want to raise my kids in that way as well. So I think it's kind of ridiculous that we think we have to broaden our opinions. I mean, it's like, what's that saying? Like, don't have such an open mind that your brain falls out, right? Like, we know what we believe. So if you know what you believe, then I think that we need to be that we need to be careful that we kind of surround ourselves with people and ideas that match those beliefs. I mean, like, can you imagine if like, you know, I don't know, Patrick Mahomes was like, well, I just all I want to do is hang out with people that really hate football. I mean, no, that doesn't right. make sense. Wouldn't even make right? sense. Like, exactly. He's going to listen to podcasts about football. He's going to surround himself with people who like football. He's going, you know, like that because that's kind of his life. Like that's his livelihood. That's, you know, so it just doesn't make any sense. And the other thing I kind of want to touch on really quickly is the whole Trump part is our reviewer had talked about she couldn't even write his name. She, you know, the former guy, TFG. And, you know, our podcast manager doesn't want Abby and I to talk too much about politics, which is very hard because yeah. Abby and I always have an opinion about what's going on. But again, what we always say, because we're a parenting podcast, but what we always say is everything that we ever bring up has a direct or very close indirectly impact on families, you know, parents and children. That being said, you know, what I think is kind of cool to see, too, with, you know, Abby and I are always 99.9% organically in alignment. And we still are here for the most part. Neither of us, of course, we're both conservative voters. Neither of us are one of like the diehard make America great again, hat wearing, like wearing Trump on, you know, T-shirts. Like that's not either of us. Abby was very vocal during, you know, DeSantis's campaign, you know, promoting him and for him. And I think it's hard for any conservative to argue how DeSantis is a bad choice ever for anything, you know, and Abby's not a huge Trump fan. She just isn't. Yeah. Am I allowed to say that, Abby? Yeah. And saying <laughs> that, I mean, I spoke at the Republican National Convention for him in 2020. So, I mean, that being said, I have been very disappointed in, I don't think it's this, we're not seeing the same Trump that we saw in 2020. And I've been very disappointed and, and honestly very disgusted with his comments surrounding abortion, calling heartbeat bills disgusting and, you know, saying that heartbeat bills are terrible, you know, they're a terrible idea. He's supposed to be, you know, Mr. Pro-Life President, but yet doesn't seem to want to protect babies in the womb before 15 weeks, which really hardly protects any babies at all since the majority of babies are killed, you know, about 90% of babies are killed before 15 weeks. And so for me, as someone whose primary platform and passion is protecting the unborn, I've been very disappointed in the comments that he's made. And also just, you know, I've always appreciated his 
forthright sort of direct style, but just the constant name calling. And I just find it very immature. And it's just been disappointing. And I just think that this country has kind of forgotten how to have a primary. And I did not appreciate that he really doesn't feel like that he has to earn our vote, that he can just sit, you know, in his recliner and that he'll get the vote no matter what. And apparently that is what has happened. And that doesn't just make me disappointed in him. It makes me disappointed in American voters that we don't make our candidates earn our vote anymore. Right. And we've kind of forgotten how the voting process works. But, you know, it is what it is. It looks like he's going to be the nominee. And I hope that he will take some direction from pro-life organizations, although Trump is known to not take direction from any outside organization. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, you know, everybody just goes on and on about these Supreme Court justices that he nominated, although they, some of them have been terribly disappointing on various issues, conservative issues. I'm not sure they are as conservative as we thought they were. You know, Abby, I feel like something happens when they get to that other side, whether it's, I mean, this is just a no-brainer, but something happens. They get bribed with money. They get ultimatums. Oh, this is how you're going to vote or your children are going to be. I swear it. Like, it almost. I don't know if it's blackmail. I don't know if it's money. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Right. Because they do say they have everybody's skeletons. You know, I do. I think it's all of the above because some things just don't add up on how these people are voting. And it comes down to money. And I do think there's a lot of blackmail. And I, too, you know, I've been disappointed in Trump on several things. I like him, though. I like him. And somehow I look past his arrogant name calling and I don't look past how he's spoken about human life at all. There's no pass for that. There just isn't. But I think what I just liked so much about him because he's so erratic, because he's such a wild card, other countries feared us. You know what I mean? It's like they never knew what he was going to do. And so And as much as he can be like a pompous jerk, he's smart. He's aware. He has clarity. And he's not afraid. He's so confident with other world leaders. So just from a safety aspect, I always felt, you know, that being said, I'll tell you what, I don't even know if we're going to have an election. And at this point, there's no way Biden's going to be the nominee. You know, there's all the chatter. They're going to put Michelle Obama in there or Gavin Newsom is the nominee. And I'll tell you what, if that is the case, Abby, and we do get to an election, like a true election, if it is Michelle or Gavin, they're going to be hard to beat. Here was the problem. Here's the problem with putting Trump in. And this is why I was so supportive of DeSantis. If we would have nominated DeSantis as the nominee, we would have put DeSantis as a nominee. He would have easily walked into the presidency. He would have beaten anybody. He's smart. He's articulate. He's young. He has military experience. He's got a young family. The media doesn't hate him. 
He's not a pompous, arrogant jerk. And he's just right. He's been right on, you know, on COVID. I mean, the reason that we have the COVID vaccine that's killed all these people is because of Trump. Trump was the one that pushed the COVID vaccine on everyone. We have Fauci because of Trump. Yeah. One of Trump's last moves in office was to give Fauci an award. But people are willing to look past all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm not. Right. But a lot of people are. I've seen too much damage and destruction because of the vaccine. And that is 100 percent because of Trump. He's the one that ushered all this damage and destruction in because of the vaccine. And so that's problematic for me. He was not smart enough to say, wait a minute, let's take a pause. And he's still he's still promoting it. He's still pushing it, even though we know how dangerous it is because he's too arrogant to go, wait a minute, maybe that wasn't a good idea. You know what? I'm sorry. That was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. You know, whatever. He won't admit to his failings. He's too arrogant to ever admit that he was wrong and apologize. He won't do it. And that's a problem in a leader. I mean, I make mistakes and I come out and admit them and say, I was wrong, guys. That was that was not right. You know, I messed up there. And that is the sign of a good and well-informed leader is everybody's going to make mistakes. Everybody is flawed. Everybody's going to do that. You have to come out and admit when you've made an error. And Trump is never willing to do that. And I do think that he is slipping mentally. He's made a lot of errors. And that's to be expected. You know, he's creeping up on 80 years old. So everybody's talking about how Biden's so old, old, old. He's so old. He shouldn't be running out. Excuse me. Trump is like the same age. So if Biden's too old to run, then Trump is too old to run. But here's the problem. Democrats are never going to let Trump be president again. So I think that and I think that Trump is only running to pardon himself. I don't think he's running for the betterment of the country. I think he's running for selfish reasons because he is going to be convicted. He is going to be convicted of these crimes, right or wrong. I'm just telling you, he is going to be convicted of some of these charges. And I think he's running 100 percent to pardon himself, but he's not going to win. The Democrats are not going to let him win. The best thing he could have done would have been to get behind DeSantis, let DeSantis have an easy victory. DeSantis would have had an easy victory. If Trump would have gotten behind DeSantis, DeSantis would have won and DeSantis could have easily pardoned Trump because he's going to be convicted. Right. And I think DeSantis would have pardoned him. Yeah. But Trump was too arrogant. He has too much pride and he wants to win. He wants to be the guy on top and he's not going to win. The Democrats are not going to let it happen. The media is not going to let it happen. They will steal that election from him again. And we're going to have another four years of mess of declining economy, of increasing inflation, of more radical abortion laws, more radicalization of gender fluidity, all of this stuff. We're going to have four more years of ramping it up, ramping it up, ramping it up because Republicans cannot get their act together. Yeah. There's my prediction. Well, and I'm sorry it's so dark, but I don't know. But like, it's really makes a lot of sense. I don't disagree with one single thing you said, and it kind of terrifies me. It just really does. And it is like, okay, Trump, if the country 
was really your number one main goal, then it probably would have been handing it over and letting DeSantis take the reins. Because I'm telling you, I predict I do like Biden's handlers are already letting him loose to show his absolute that he can't do this. So that is not accidental. I think that's done very purposefully, very intentionally. They're letting it be seen. Biden can't do this. He is going to pull out. And I really think they put Michelle Obama or Gavin Newsom in. And I don't even, oh, Lord, have mercy. Yeah. The smartest person that they could put in would be, and I've been saying this, would be Pete Buttigieg because he's young, he's gay, he's pretty well-spoken, he's pretty articulate. He's got, you know, he's a young gay dad, right? I mean, him and his partner have these kids that they got from a surrogate. So that's going to get like the mom vote, like, oh, he's a dad, right? Like he's, oh, they have these babies, you know, his partner, love is love. Yeah. And even though he's done a crap job as secretary of transportation, they don't care. I mean, it doesn't matter. Right. He has experience, right? That's all they care is he's been in the cabinet. He has experience and he's good looking. So, I mean, moderately good looking. So he's a pretty face so they can market around that. Yeah. He's not old and bumbling over his words and things like that. He'd be a a breath of fresh air for the Democratic Party. And I mean, he's gay. So he'd pull all the gay vote. And he is really the face of the new Democratic Party. And that would be the smartest person for them to run. I don't know if they will, but he'd be way more popular than Gavin Newsom. And people don't really know Pete that well. They just know that he's a gay dad. And that's enough to pull votes. They just know he's a good-looking gay dad. And so they know the failings of Gavin Newsom. They know that California is a huge dumpster fire right now. So that's enough for people to go, I don't know if he'd be a good fit. They don't know anything about Pete Buttigieg. So that would be a smart run. That would be a smart candidate for them to run. Wow. That's the first time I've heard that take. And that is, goodness, Abby, maybe we need to add to your other 17 things that you do, like campaign manager. Like, let's add that on there, okay? Well, seriously, I'm like, I look, I got a lot of ideas. I got a lot of ideas for the Republican Party, too, but nobody listens to me. Nobody listens to me, right? <laughs> I don't want the Democrats to win, but if they want to know my opinion on how to win, how you're going to be Trump. You know, I mean, this is the thing. I was in the Democratic Party for a long time, and I worked with these people. I mean, I was in Hillary Clinton's campaign. You know, that is wild. And when she didn't get the nomination, I was in Barack Obama's campaign. Like, I like I know these people and I've been doing this political work now for 22 years, 23 years. And so there's a lot of people, you know, that are kind of like, you know, recliner politicians, right? They just kind of sit on their couches, sit in their recliners and they type on Twitter and they, you know, they think they know how elections are going to go or they they think they know the best way forward for the country or whatever. But they really don't have any experience in politics. They really don't have any 
experience doing the work. But some of us have actually kind of lived in the halls of, you know, Congress and state legislatures and things like that. And we know these parties. We know how they play. It's dirty. Politics is dirty. I mean, it's one of the reasons that I really I always felt like I would run for office. But I now I feel like God is really pulling me away from it because I've just seen too much. And I feel like it really can compromise your character. And I think I could win an election, but I don't think I would win re-election because I would not be willing to make deals. And I wouldn't be willing to play with these crooked people in the sandbox. And because of that, I don't think I would get reelected. And so I think I'd be a one-term politician, which maybe that would be fine. I could get done what I want to get done and then get out. But yeah, I just... I think listening to people who have experience is important. I think that, you know, there's just a lot of opinions out there that are coming from people that really don't know either side. They really don't know these parties. They really don't know the behind the scenes. And they really don't understand the Democratic Party. And I really know these people. And, you know, I've had dinner with Hillary Clinton. These people are their plans are evil. Their plans are demonic. And we need to be paying attention and we need to be getting active in this process. And so, you know, saying things like, well, you know, I'm just going to sit it out or I'm just going to sit out on this election or, well, politics isn't my problem or whatever. Politics is, is our problem and it is going to affect your children. Because what we leave for them is going to affect your children. It's going to affect your grandchildren. It's going to affect many generations. And so we have to rally together and get this right. Because the Democratic Party of today is not the Democratic Party of our grandparents' era. They've taken God out of their party platform. They believe in abortion through all nine months of pregnancy, taxpayer-funded abortion through all nine months of pregnancy. You know, they believe that there are, you know, what now over 100 genders. And this is all part of their party platform. This is not just opinion. They've adopted this into their party platform. That's very different than just having an opinion as a Democrat. I think the biggest thing is that a few years ago, they took God out of their party platform. Guys, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. When you remove God out of your party platform, You have truly, if you take God out, if you take light out, then what's left? Darkness. And that's who they are. They're filled with darkness. And, you know, as we wrap here, I feel like this just goes to show, no matter how this shakes out, I mean, the whole world feels that something is off, something is different. America is definitely, I feel like we're on our knees just like, praying. Some of us are on our knees praying. But it doesn't matter who wins the nomination, even if Trump wins. We are too far gone as a nation. It has to be God intervening at this point. Truly, we need Jesus. So even if people think Trump is going to, if he wins it by chance, gets in there, could he fix a few things? Absolutely. But we are far too gone it will be Jesus himself intervening 
in certain ways to help get us back on track. And again, and I didn't, and Abby and I's goal is never to, because again, you know, we laugh a lot and we make a lot of jokes and and we like to talk about lighthearted things too, you know, which is important because everything can't be doom and gloom. It just, it can't be, or we'll all be crying in a closet, shaking back and forth, rocking back and forth and just not coming out. But again, it's about awareness and you have to know what you're battling, what you're up against, what's on the other side of the fence. And that's why there can't be fence sitters anymore, because some of y'all who are, quote unquote, Christians, you're still fence sitting because you don't want to offend and you don't want to hurt feelings and you want everyone to love you and you want everyone to think your family's the nice family. And Christ tells us you can't do that anymore. And so separate yourself, separate your family. You're called to be separated. You're called to be holy. You have to armor your family up, be prepared, and know that no politician, no world leader, no man or woman on this earth is going to be able to save you. And so ultimately, when you shift things back into perspective, we're called to live every day. We're called to just submit to do God's will, whatever that is, And you have to remember, like Abby said at the beginning, she, you know, you can't care if you're going to offend a family member or friend to the point they don't even want to talk to you anymore. You're not going to be kneeling before them one day who's going to be deciding where your eternity lies. So you truly have to go back to that. We are here for a blip, guys. It is just a snap of a finger. And when you shift perspective back to that, it really is like, okay. All right, game on. I'm going to pick up my crosses. I'm going to carry them. I'm going to do what God is calling me to do. We're now in Lent in preparation for the death and resurrection of our Lord. And I feel like this is a time where, again, God is calling us to fast. God is calling us to sacrifice. And we know when we are fasting and praying together, our prayers are double. They have double power. Because none of us like to fast. I'm the worst person ever for fasting. I told Abby what I gave up for Lent. I already broke it yesterday. Yesterday, as we're recording this, yesterday was Ash Wednesday. Yep, already slipped. Very imperfect. But we are called to fast just as our Savior did. And again, fasting is not supposed to be fun. It's supposed to hurt a little bit. It's supposed to make you uncomfortable. So... You know, I pray that we all can, despite what is going, all the loud noise around us and all the doom and gloom and all the predictions and all the what ifs and all the probabilities, yes, those have to be taken into consideration. But ultimately, you need to make sure one thing, that you and your family are doing God's will, no matter what he's calling you to do. And you are living within his will and... I think that's the best advice and the best thing that we can all be doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is important to talk to our kids about, I mean, when your kids are old enough, like my kids are 17, 11, 10, 9, 8, 6, 6, and 4. So obviously I'm not going to talk to my four-year-old or six-year-olds about like the election, stuff like that. They probably wouldn't get it. But my 8, 9, 10, 11, and 17-year-olds, like, They understand about the election. They understand about the candidates. They understand what's at stake. And, you know, I'm talking to them about what's going on, these issues, why we're voting the way that we are, 
because, I mean, they go to a super, super Catholic school, but there may be people in their class, you know, their classmates whose parents are voting differently. And so I want them to understand these issues, why it's important to vote, why it's important that we're part of this political process. And in 2020, okay, Luke was, well, let's see, he was only six. So, but, you know, we had a Trump sign in our yard and all this kind of stuff. And we had friends down the road who were pretty liberal and they were young parents. And we had a little boy come into our yard. Their son came into our yard and this other little boy was like five or six. And he said something like, your parents voted for Trump. My parents voted for Biden. And Luke yells to me. I was like picking weeds out of the flower bed or something. He yells up the driveway to me. He goes, mom. I can't remember his name. His parents voted for Biden, the baby killer, the one that kills babies. That one, they voted for him. Can you believe it? And I was like, and I was like, Luke, I was like, enough of that. It's hilarious. My young children call Biden the baby killer as well. So I was like, maybe we need to nuance that a little bit. Right. But right, right. like, We've just been very open and honest about that kind of stuff and open and honest about the elections. And because your kids are going to encounter people whose parents vote differently, believe differently, they're going to encounter it at their schools, they're going to encounter it at churches, at youth groups. You think that everybody you're around at church is just like you. They vote just like you. I'm telling you, that's not true. And so, you know, our kids need to be aware And don't try to shelter them from this. Elections are very, it's a very public event now, right? And so it used to be private. When I was a kid, it was a very private thing. Nobody knew who anybody was voting for and all that kind of stuff. Now it's a very public event. And so I think it's an important time to get our kids involved in it as well. So take that opportunity and educate your children, let them know the whys behind, you know, your candidate and let them know when you go vote. When we take our kids with us when we go vote and let them know that it's an important thing to be a part of so that, you know, my daughter is like so excited to be able to vote for the first time. So, you know, and that's cool. Like, you know, that she's like so pumped. She cannot wait to vote for the first time. And, you know, some kids are really apathetic about getting to vote, right? They just want to be able to drive or they're excited to be able to drink when they're 21. But like Grace is so pumped to be able to vote. But that's because we've always made it a part of her life. You know, she's gone to the voting booth with us. We've talked about politics with her. She's heard it. And that's the way I want it to be for all of my kids. So it's an opportunity for you as parents. It is. It is. I love that. And so while... Our manager has asked us not to really talk on politics. What did we do in true Abby and Reagan fashion? We delivered you an hour and 10 minutes of... We won't do it next time. We won't do it next time. We love it. We are so glad you joined us, guys. Please make sure you're following us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at The Real Deal of Parenting. And again, shoot us an email if you have suggestions or want to reach out with something. And until next time, keep raising your little saints. Oh.
Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.